Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Today, I, I just feel, man, I'm just telling y'all, God's, God's doing something really good right now. Amen? And I want y'all to connect to it. I want you to have, I want you to get something from the Word of God that's living that you can, you can connect with and that you can see and it, where it will be a part of your life. Y'all know the Word of God is living and active. Amen? Now, we know that's the Scriptures. But let me tell you this. When God speaks a word today, it's living and active. It's fresh. Amen? And we all need a fresh word because a fresh word from God is our bread. It's our fresh energy. It's our calories to burn. It's what gives us what we need to go forward, right? You need a fresh word from God to go in the right direction, to have the strength to go in that right direction. So I believe God is speaking to us an amazing word in this hour. We need to connect with it. We need to set our eyes on it. We need to pull our eyes off of the energy zappers, the vision zappers, the things that bring us down because there are certain things they're not bringing us down because we're serving the Lord. They're bringing us down because we've got our attention in the wrong places. Amen? Are y'all with me? So we need to pull our attention away from that which is pulling us down, bogging us down, causing us to worry, and we need to begin to focus not only on God's promises, but with God's promises of how He's going to bless us, We've got to begin to focus on what God is going to do, what God is even now saying He's doing. Amen? So I'm hoping this morning you're going to be able to connect with us a little bit. So as I speak to you, you know the Bible says you have the Spirit, and the Bible also says you have the Holy Spirit, right? So I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I want God to begin to work in your heart and mind. And I, I pray God will expand your vision and maybe change your vision in the sense of pulling you away from that which is to be no more in your life and connecting you to that which is to be in your life and even to the new thing. And for all of you a part of this church, praise God. I'm encouraging you to disconnect from the things of past because God's doing a new thing. A new thing's going to happen, Amen. And where do you find that new thing? It's not really here. It might end up here. But right now it comes through being connected with God, hearing God, flowing with God, listening to God, amen, and going where God is. You're going to find God by going where He is, and you've got to discover that every day, amen? I hope you all understand that. If you want God in your life, you've got to find where He is every day through prayer, through reflection, through the Word of God in your life. Right? So we're going to get into that, hopefully, before the end of the day. But let's read this scripture. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and it says this, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Now what's been going on here? Well, I'll share it in a minute. So, so this is the word of the Lord to the prophet Saul, okay, excuse me, Samuel. He says, how long are you going to mourn for King Saul, seeing I have rejected him 
from reigning over Israel. So King Saul had been the king of Israel. He was the one leading the whole nation, the kingdom of God, if you want to say it that way, what it represented. And, and Saul was, has been rejected by God, saw Samuel's mourning over that, and he goes, how long are you going to mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king from among his sons. Now, I really believe there's so many things in this verse that are for us today, all right? Now, let me, let me explain more about this situation and what's been happening. Okay, so King Saul, he's king over Israel, over all of Israel. Now, the people asked for a king, but after they asked for a king, that wasn't really of the Lord to ask for a king, but then God chose King Saul. Okay, so God chose King Saul to be the one, or he was just, he wasn't King Saul when he chose him, he was Saul. Um, when God chose him, he didn't seem to be like much of a leader to everybody. Uh, people were saying things about him like, who is that guy? That guy can't lead us. That guy doesn't have anything. Oh man, and I'm guessing they were going, he just doesn't have the right personality. He's just not the right kind of person that could ever do something like that. No, I don't have any confidence in him at all, right? So he was getting these negative words, and these people were saying that about Saul there, right? And there was probably a lot of truth in those words. But if you read this story, and I'm not going to get into all the verses, but God took this man, God anointed this man, God equipped this man. God prepared this man. And then God came upon this man to do what he's been called to do. I just love this. I'll, I'll highlight just one verse that Samuel says uh, to Saul to sort of highlight what God did to cause this man who, was, who did not have the capacity to lead but God called him. You see, you see how we think about things. We'll see somebody go, oh, he's, he's a good this or he's a good that. Sometimes God calls somebody that doesn't have those things. Amen? You ever hear God doesn't call the equipped? He equips the called, right? And that's so true. So here's, here is Saul, and, and when he gets a, uh, this call on his life, not ready, it says, it says that this is what Samuel says to him. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. That's his enabling. And you will prophesy. That's his prophetic insight of recognizing what to do that's going to come upon him. And you will be turned into another man. This means he's going to have something about him that's different before his encounter with God there's going to be a change that happens with that encounter with God, and that encounter is going to prepare him to do what God wants him to do. That's just an amazing thing to me. God will come into your life. 
He will transform you and he will give you the capacity to do something you could have never done on your own. And you might have certain gifts and talents God will use. Yes, praise God for that. But I just want to tell every one of you, God's got something bigger than that for you. He's got something bigger than your gifts and your talents. He's going to do something you couldn't have done on your own. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You're going to need to begin to recognize what God's called you to do in that new place, the prophetic kind of sensing at least. And you're going to need to have a new grace to walk it out. Don't look at yourself and go, oh, who am I? I can't do it. You know what? Look to God. God is the one that takes people who have nothing and he anoints them, he calls them, and he puts them in a place where people can't even imagine how he got there, even with Jesus. Do you know with Jesus, he became something he'd never been before. Do you know, do y'all know that? Jesus was just a carpenter's son. And then you remember, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he comes in church one day. We'll call it church. And it says, after he spoke that day, they go, who is that boy? Isn't that Joseph's son? What happened to that man? It was the Holy Spirit that had come upon his life. And it says even a little later, it says even his own. That means people that believed in him, people that loved him like his family. Even his own thought he'd gone crazy. Because multitudes were following. They're like, "Who? what in the world has happened to that man? The Holy Spirit came on him. It was a new season. It was a new day. And he was doing things that people could not have even have imagined he would have been doing because the Holy Spirit came upon him. So I want to encourage you today, stop looking to yourself. Look to the vision of God. You don't have to fabricate a vision. You don't have to just say, oh, I'm going to be something great. God has a call for your life. God's got a vision for you. And in that vision, there is equipping for what you need to do. And it's supernatural, amen? I just love what God did there. So, he has this anointing, and if you read the story, he begins to do great and mighty works. Man, Israel gets some amazing victories. And people begin to go, oh, oh, this is amazing. Who was that talking bad about this guy? Look what he's doing now. Oh, this is crazy. So it was like a new day. God's man, God's plan, God's thing. It's happening. God's thing's happening. The kingdom's expanding. And then guess what? Saul, after he was blessed, after he was anointed, after he was called, got off course. That is one of the most tragic things. How many people I have seen in life, they go through what they need to go through. And then finally, God blesses them and they cannot handle the blessing. They begin to get puffed up. They begin to get prideful. Yes, they still seem to be blessed. Everybody's still looking at them, but somehow they've gone astray. The people around them don't even know that yet. Right? But how many people I've seen blessed and they lose the anointing of God on their life? You can have ministers who've been blessed and who have increased and somehow they get off course and they lose the blessing on their lives. There may still be a lot of people there, but now they're serving their own kingdoms. They're serving what they want. The focus has now that they've been blessed begun to look to them. Other people can be blessed in life. God promotes them in some form of life. 
And the first thing you know, they start to get wrapped up in the blessing. And then the first thing you know, they begin to do things God's, uh, their way instead of God's way. Anyway, look at, what, look at what Samuel said to him after he did this. 1 Samuel 15, 17. He, Samuel says this to Saul after he messed up. He goes, you used to be small in your own eyes. Now, we hear today, that's a bad thing. If you say it the way the Israelites said it, where you're going, oh, we're grasshoppers in your, their eyes, that's doubt. Do you understand? Because God said you're going to defeat them. So when they say we're like grasshoppers, that's nothing but doubt. They're going, we can't do it. But this kind of seeing yourself small, what he says is you are humble. That's what he's saying. It's not, a, it's not doubt. He said you are small in your own eyes. You are a nobody. You, you weren't thinking so highly of yourself, right? And uh, when you were in that condition, when you were lowly, when, when you weren't trying to be big-headed and think so big of yourself, that is the state you were in when God called you to be king. And now look at you. That's what, that's what Samuel's saying. Now look at you. <laughs> now, I fully believe that was a huge part. In fact, I think that's why it's written in scriptures for us. God wants us to know. God promotes the what? Humble. Does he not? Those that are broken of pride, broken of self, broken of I'm going to make my own way, I'm going to make it happen, I'm going to... God, yes, sometimes we come to the Lord and we want to serve God and we don't even know we are so fleshly and immature talking like that. We think that's God and faith. But most of the time, it might be a little faith and a lot of flesh, you see, because that flesh has to get out of us. Anyway, God says, humble yourself and he will exalt you. That's what I believe happened to Saul. So, so I have to always ask ourselves, you know, uh, am I living a humble life? I will guarantee you this. If you haven't humbled yourself, uh, when you get promoted, if you ever get promoted, it won't do you very well. And um, if you have humbled yourself and your day of promotion comes, you need to keep humbling yourself because there's a great danger of going in the wrong direction after you've gotten your breakthrough. How many people, they think, oh, I finally got this breakthrough. Thank you, God. And foop, two years later, three years later, boom, they're off their own way. Happens all the time. Anyway, and then Samuel goes on in that same prophecy, and he says, has the Lord such a great uh, uh, delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? See, what Samuel, what Saul was doing, God told him to do something, and so uh, Saul, he does the sacrifices to the Lord. He does, you know, he still goes through all the motions of, of being a believer. Everybody's there with him. He's worshiping the Lord. He's singing the songs. I don't know what else he was doing. And, um, but he didn't do what God told him to do. And Samuel's going, look, do you think God's got pleasure in all of that stuff? All of that 
uh, singing, worshiping, doing this, doing that, if your heart's not right. Those things should be expression and expressions of a right heart. He said, look, God doesn't delight just in those expressions. It's the heart he's after. You see? And see, what happens is once we want to do our own thing. See, Saul knew God was real. And so he wanted to be with God, but he wanted his own way too. Do y'all see that? So what we do in the church when we don't fully want to follow God is we develop a hybrid kind of religion and faith. We still may go to church. We might tithe. We might sing the songs. We might worship. We might do a lot of the forms. But you see, if we're still doing what we want to, if there's still areas we won't give it up to God, We've developed some hybrid religion. We think God's still going to bless us because, well, we're still there, but God looks at the heart. All that other stuff doesn't mean anything. And so many churches have been wanting just to fill the pews. God's not interested in that unless they're hungry. God wants to fill the house full of His glory, full of people who are hungry for God, that want to live for God, that want to do just do His way. And in fact, if you know what happens, God pulls away from Saul. What's he pulling away from? That which was just in, had become just a form. It had become all the outward trappings, all, everything that impresses man. He pulled away from that, and he says to Samuel, I have found a man who will do all my will, who is after my own heart. God is after a generation today. He has pulled away from what has become corrupted and fleshly and centered on man's things. He has pulled away and he's looking for individuals and a people and a church that will do all his will and that will worship in spirit and truth. Jesus didn't say the Father is looking just for a big church with some amazing music. We're going to rock the house. He didn't say that. My father is looking for a place, a people that are going to worship in spirit and truth. He's looking for the sincerity of it. There's too much religion. There's too much form. There's too much smoke and mirrors. There's too much about man and our stuff and what we're building. No, what's God building? That's what's important. God says, I picked a man for myself. I love that. Amen? So anyway, he says this. He says this. And then, and then we come here. He's, what's he doing? In 16 verse 1, he's mourning. Samuel's got to be devastated. He's going, oh, this was the man. God anointed this man. God prophesied over this man. The Spirit of God came on this man. I announced to the whole people, this is the man that God's going to use. This is it. He's here. And it's all, it, it's all messed up now. God's thing is all messed up. God's kingdom. Oh, we made a huge mistake. You know, and so what has happened 
God called this man, Samuel poured himself into that vision. That thing, because God was in that thing. Do y'all see that? And he got so wrapped up into it. And then when it wasn't working, he was mourning and praying, oh God, help, what are we going to do? Oh God, your kingdom, Lord, it looks like we've just gone backwards. How in the world can we ever get out of this mess? I don't, I can't see how it's going to change. I can't see what you're going to do. And, um, and, and what does God do? He steps in and shocks him and says, stop mourning. I've already moved on. I mean, seriously, I just know Samuel must have been like, shocked. Shouldn't I be mourning? Do y'all see that? Doesn't it look like something he ought to have been mourning about? He's mourning about the failures, about everything going in the wrong direction. It wasn't, by the way, mourning about Saul's soul. When God says, stop mourning for Saul, he meant that last thing I was doing. You see? Do y'all see that? Too many people are so connected with the last thing God was doing. And God is saying, that's over. Stop mourning. Go on to the new thing I've got for you. And there's so many people right now, just like the church in your life, God is saying, that old thing is over. You know it's over. You're wrestling with it. You can never bring it back. Stop mourning over it and go forward. Too many people are trying to resurrect an aspect of something in their life. It will never come back. Let go of it. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to come back. You need to let go. And that's exactly what he was telling him. I think he was shocked. You see? And this is such a cool thing to me. God didn't just go move on. I'm moving on. God did something better. Now, I want y'all to grasp this. Samuel, in this situation, has to be thinking like this. Oh, man, we've really messed up. Oh, man, we've sinned. Oh, man, and Samuel hadn't sinned, but the whole situation, I mean, look what's going on. So you're just thinking, what's going to be next? You're just hoping maybe you can get back to what you had. Maybe somehow you can repair that. God's, number one, God's like, I'm even moving on, but not just that. It's going to be much better than it was. I, I mean, I hope you can just get the shock of that. He's mourning. He's in despair. And, and God's like, what are you doing mourning? That's over. And not only that, what's coming and what's already starting is better than what you had. I mean, you're going from uh, to, to what? You, you see what I'm saying? People are in this state where you, they've been through something. 
They've seen God in it. They've invested themselves. They poured themselves into it. Some believers poured themselves into things God was in. But because of God's next level, the old had to die. And you see, we have to let go of that before we can go into that new thing. You know, this happens so many times. The greatest one, I just love this. I love this. This word has come to my mind so many times. Do y'all remember Mary at the tomb of Jesus? Um, she's there, and what is she doing? Oh, she's mourning. Everybody's mourning. Why are they mourning? Why are they so upset? Well, because this man, Jesus, Jesus was born, and y'all know what happened. His ministry began. He was doing things nobody had ever seen in their life. He was preaching like nobody had ever preached in their life. Demons were coming out everywhere. Uh, the, the mentally sick were getting healed. The physically sick were getting healed. The emotionally sick were getting healed. Uh, it was crazy what was happening. Every place was in an uproar. He raised a man that, from the dead who'd been dead for three days or more, right? You're going, man, imagine Mary, the disciples, and so many others, they were completely invested in this thing. They were completely in it. They were praying. They were believing. Man, their faith was there. They were strong. They were, they were, they were all into this, you see? They had a vision of what this is going to be. But then guess what? Boom. Like in a day. They came and got Jesus. Boom, he's like crucified the next day. I mean, you're going, whoa, your head's spinning. What happened? And in your mind, you got to be like Samuel. God's plan didn't work. We messed up. The Jews did this. The Jewish leaders, they messed up God's plan. You, you see what I'm saying? What now? Oh, what now? What are you going to do now? Let me tell you that that experience happens so often with God. The old God's in it, and then it dies. And Jesus even goes, hey, if I die, though, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come back multiplied. You remember what he said, too? When I go, it's going to be what? Better. He died. Everything, that last thing, it looked like it was over, but really it was just the beginning, right? And what does he say to Mary? What are you doing there looking for the living among the dead? What? Jesus is alive. This thing's just getting started. There's something new you don't even know about. She goes from, she goes from that time of mourning to go, what? What? He's gone from being this Messiah walking in the earth to being an, not just raised from the dead, an immortal walking, proving he's the son of God. This is going to a new level. Are y'all with me? This is what God does. We invest ourselves in something. We pour ourselves into something. We pray into something. And then it looks like it dies. But guess what? It's because God has something on the other side. And what's the difficulty? It's the season in between. 
For Jesus, it was three days. For Mary, I should say, it's three days. For the three days of a really hard season. Three days. For Samuel, I don't know how long it was, maybe, maybe months. He's mourning. Oh, God. A season like this happened in David's life, and it was years between one and the other. But whether it's three days or 30 years, it doesn't matter. The new is going to come, and it's going to be much, much better. And see, I believe what God's saying right now is the new has already started. The new has already started. You just don't see it yet. And I'm pulling you out and I'm calling you to disengage from that which is pulling you down. Disengage from that past thing. Disengage from the weights, from the disappointments, from what you don't understand about what's happened. And I want you to begin to see what I do. Look through the Word of God and understand this and connect with it. Because I'm doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing for sure. There's a, there's a word where God spoke to disillusioned people in the past. Most of you know this word. Isaiah 43, 19. God says, behold, I'm about to do something new. Even now, it's coming. Don't you see it? And of course they didn't see it. You know what I mean? He's looking to people in the wilderness in a, in a troubled time. And he goes, hey, I'm doing something new. You mean you can't see it? Right? It's just like he spoke to Mary, just like he spoke to Samuel. I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. I love making a way in the wilderness. I like making things really difficult and allow it to look like everything's dead, that nothing worked out right, and that you're in a bad situation, and that, you know, your breakthrough's not going to come, and this and this and, you know. And then... Do something amazing. He does it over and over. So I want to encourage you guys again. Stop being discouraged. Stop mourning and connect because there is something amazing in this new thing. There's something amazing. And I will tell you this. I, f I feel like at times I get little glimpses of something. I, I don't know the right way to say it exactly, but I, I believe there's something new, and God wants you to press into that. Now, that might sound confusing because you just think it's just a mental something. It's got to start in prayer. You, start, you need to start seeking the Lord in prayer, and maybe you've been very discouraged and don't have power to pray. You're going to find out something. You're going to get energy to pray as the new vision comes into your life. It's going to produce energy. Amen? Let me just, I want to go over just a few things here in this verse. Just a few of these phrases uh, that we already read, right? I just want you to think about this. He goes, I will send you to Jesse. There's a new thing, a new assignment, a new commission in the new thing that God's doing. Did y'all see that? I will send you to Jesse. There's a new assignment. He just gave Samuel assignment. There's a new assignment and a new commission for you and for the body of Christ and for our ministry in this new thing that God's going to do. There's going to be new calls, new anointings, new ministries, new kingdom-minded businesses, new kingdom-minded who knows what. But it's all in God's plan for the bigger thing he's getting ready to do. 
There are new assignments. Now that in itself ought to brighten your day because there's something of God in that. Amen? I feel like that dream that our sister had the other day. It was an amazing dream. I'm like, yes, a new assignment is coming our way. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You might think, oh, I'm not too gifted. I don't think I could do very much. Well, you know what? If God prepared Saul, God can prepare you. Stop looking to you and start, start looking to God. You might go, I'm too worn out. I don't have the strength to do something for God. I've, I have felt like that before. I am too worn out. I am too tired. I've been doing this too long, God. And then God always refreshes me. But let me just say, this new assignment, as you begin to enter into it, is going to become like a new vision. It's still the old vision. It's just a new level. It's going to be so new, it's going to be like a new vision. Jesus started something. When he came with his disciples, that was a new vision, but it was really the old vision that he started when he was here. It was just boom, so big and different. It just seemed completely new. Right? God's going to, it's going to come. Your, our, your new assignment is going to be so strong. It's going to be like a new vision for your life. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to give you energy. You might go, how do some of those people fast and pray like that? You ever, have, you ever been in a situation like that? How do people do that? You know what? God does something on the inside of them. He is the vision of God. He enables them to do that. And you're going to be enabled to follow the Lord, to obey the Lord, to do things you've never done before. Why? Because you're going to have so much energy when you connect with this new thing, which is where God is, by the way. He's not in the old thing. As you begin to get into this new thing, new mindset, boop, life is going to be there. You remember uh, Gideon, all discouraged. God had been moving, and then there was a negative season. He's all discouraged and all down, and God comes and visits him. And, and um, anyway, Gideon's like, oh, well, you know, God's not with us. And th this, this angel from the Lord gives him a word from God. God's going to do this. God's going to deliver. God's going to do an amazing thing, and he's going to even use you. you got a part in this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And then what does he say? Go now and this your strength. What strength? That vision I just gave you. Do y'all see what I'm saying? When you've got a vision on the inside of you, it's like energy. He's going from there. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I've got to do that. There's, there's life in the vision of God. Zeal for the house of the Lord has consumed me. Where'd that zeal come from? The vision of what God has called you to do in the house. Are y'all with me? Do I need to back up? Y'all are like, please no. And he says, fill your horn with oil. What's oil? The Holy Spirit, right? You're going to need a fresh oil for this fresh assignment. You're going to need fresh filling. A fresh filling for the fresh assignment that is coming. And uh, fill your horn with oil. Man, what's, what does the horn represent? It represents authority, right? It represents your call, what God wants you to do, because that's where your authority is. Amen? So the oil is going to be in the call of God on your life. Are y'all with me? Now, this is so interesting to me. In Samuel's last assignment like this, he anointed Saul. Guess what he anointed 
where the oil came from. A flask. I meant to have a flask up here. A flask is like a glass, let's say a glass container. Right? Um, And I'll just read it here. Samuel, this is where he anointed Saul. Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head, kissed him and said, isn't the Lord upon you? A flask is man-made. It's quickly made and it's even replicated. That's really interesting to me. That was the last thing. Now, this time, he says, fill your horn with oil. Now, What's the difference with a horn and a flask? A horn, look, there's a horn right here. Someone, uh, Lisa, think this, I would blow it, but who knows what it might do to the sound system. But um, anyway, a horn is something that grows over time. It has to mature. It's been through battles. That's actually what that's for, right? It's been through battles. It's been tested. And I will say, there's going to be a great pouring out on those who have been tried and tested and who have matured and grown and did not give up. There's going to be a great anointing in that people, that group of people. And I tell you this too. Look at that. What's that on the inside? It's hollowed. The horn is hollowed out. The amount that can go inside this horn has everything to do with how much is hollowed out on the inside. And the amount that you're going to get in in this kind of anointing has everything to do with that which has come out of you and hollowed out. The fleshiness. The flesh that's been hollowed out. The self, the pride, the envy, the gossip, the self-promotion, all about my kingdom. You, You see, this horn anointing is at a much greater level than the flask anointing. God's got something so much bigger that's getting ready to happen right now. And what's the oil going to be poured out on? This new thing, this new generation. And if, if I'm going, I'm glad I got saved when I did. I'm I'm really glad, right? But man, if it were like what's getting ready to come up today, I want to. I don't want to say they got it so easy, but it's going to be like, man, it's going to be amazing what they get. They're gonna. It's going to be poured out on a David generation. These people are going to serve God. These people are going to be radical. These people are going to sacrifice. They're going to do whatever to follow the Lord. They're going to lay down their lives. And you know what we're going to see in this generation? We're going to see Jesus again. We're going to see the ministry of Jesus again because this represents a pure anointing. We're going to see demons cast out. And you know, when the demons are cast out, people aren't going to go, oh, look at the man. Oh, look at the man. Oh, they're going to go, oh, Jesus. People that are like this, they understand how to better never get glory for themselves. You know, one time Paul did a miracle and people started worshiping him. They're like, oh, he's a God. He ripped his clothes. He goes, no. You see, 
and people in the future, in this generation, they will not want to be glorified. They will run away from it. They're like, they're like anything that looks like I'm going to be glorified. I just want to run away from it. Y'all remember that one time, well, maybe a few times, Jesus does a great miracle and he goes, don't tell anybody. Why'd he do that? I have a little strange thought. I don't even say I believe this is what it is, but I had a thought about that. You know, you remember, you remember one time Jesus uh, was hungry and, um, well, the devil goes, well, just turn that bread, um, that rock into a piece of bread. Well, Jesus walked on water, didn't have anything. I mean, he did, he did things when he had needs, right? But he goes, no. And he gave him a word. But you see, I've, I thought, well, why didn't he let this man go tell? Do you know Jesus was tempted in all things as we are? Jesus didn't have pride, but I think he was tempted to promote himself. When God was going, no, don't do that. Let me do that. Do y'all see what I'm saying? I'm not sure, but I believe even there, he's like, I don't, don't even go say anything. And he knows the guy's going to go do it anyway, probably. But don't, you understand what I'm saying? And this generation isn't going to have to feel like they have to toot their own horn. Oh, it's so more people will hear the testimony and, and then they'll get healed. I understand that. But sometimes, ministers, you need to back up and say, oh, I'm getting too much attention. I don't want this. Right. Do you understand? Right. Because that's so important. We're going to have a generation that thinks like that. They're not going to get their, their feelings of success by how much money they make, how big the crowds are. Praise God. They can minister to one and see somebody get healed. They're so happy. And that's what God's looking for. Amen. God's looking for that, and he's found that. God's already got this generation prepared. We don't know who they are, but God's going to bring them in. There's so many that are going to come in right now. Saul will kill me. That's what he said next. Saul will kill me. Um, Saul will kill me. Oh, no, how am I going to do this? How many times do people, you, you see, when, when you get an opportunity, there's a call, there's a price to it. And you start to go, uh, I don't know, God, that's not a very good idea. Right? So, and that happens in revival. Did y'all know that when revival comes, which is, what's revival really? We use it just as a term to cover a lot of things, but it's the move of God, right? Do y'all know when a revival hits a church, do you know the first thing that happens, they say, is? They lose members. Average 30%. Why? Because, number one, people don't want to pay the price of what revival's doing and where it's taking them. They want their comfort it's like it's always been. They don't want the strange things that happen in a revival, right? And sometimes they disagree with what the Holy Spirit's doing because of their flesh. But I just think it's interesting. If you want to go forward with God, you got to be willing to, to pay that price. Um, lastly, I, I just mentioned this, this one little thing here where he goes, stop mourning for Saul and go to the house of Jesse. You're going to have to go where God is right now. And I don't know how to tell you how to do that, but you got to leave the old. You got to leave the old mindsets, even relationships, things that are not going forward with God and pulling you down. You see that? 
In fact, Samuel had to let go of that last commission. He had to let go of King Saul. He had to reconnect with King David. Illustratively, that's like something he doesn't even know who Jesse, who is Jesse? House of Jesse. I don't even know who the house of Jesse is. <laughs> you know, maybe he did. We don't know. But anyway, you got to be willing to do that. And I'm just encouraging you right now. And I just know this because I've experienced this lately some. And it's a wonderful thing. There's a freeing that will come to your life as you let go of what you don't need to be holding on to or what's pulling you down. And, and there's an anointing that will come as you grab hold of the new thing where you're going, God, no matter what the cost, I'm grabbing hold, I'm going forward. Amen? That's where the fresh oil is. That's how you're going to get the fresh oil for this new season. Pulling away, pressing in, that's where the oil is. And that's where we're going to discover that's where Christ is. Amen? I'm telling you, it's a really, really great, great season. Now, I want to encourage y'all today. Um, I know we have a handful here. Uh, there's a handful online. Those of you that can come um, at 930, we'd love to have you here at 930. We'd love to have you here praying, uh, worshiping, sharing scriptures. You know, I, I'd love it to where that ended up being so amazing. We want to enter into something new. I know it's a little hard for people right now, but uh, we have to go beyond where we've been going. And I'm not saying this is the, everything God's doing by any means. I'm just saying this is one little aspect of something. Amen? So I encourage you to be here if you can. Those of you that are out of town, I'd encourage you, you know, maybe start to get together with some other people. Invite them to your home Sunday morning. And just maybe you could just start out with having a, a, a word of prayer. Have everybody pray a little bit before service. Um, you know, uh, we'll even help you with that time if you don't know what to do. But I'm just saying, let's just go forward. Let's start building family. God's going to do this thing in family. We're going to do it all locked. You know, our arms are locked and whatnot. And um, you just need to go to this next thing. So this week, what could I encourage you to do to sort of press into this? I just say you probably recognize, if you don't, if you don't recognize, ask God, God, pull, pull away from me that which is bringing me down. That which I'm supposed to let go of. We have a vision or anything. And God, connect me to where you are right now. I'm going to press into it. It's not like it, it might come in one day, but it might be a little here, a little there, you see. But just make that your commitment. And if you pray that to God, he'll hear you. God will do it. I, um, the last word I'll just share. When you just ask God something from your heart and you really mean it, God's going to do it. Amen. So, Father, we want to thank you today. God, we thank you for this new thing you're doing. Lord, we thank you for the fresh anointing, the fresh oil. Lord, we thank you for the word that you give to us, God, similarly to Samuel, similarly to Mary, God, and to so many others where you say, um, hey, what are, you, what are you mourning for? Why aren't you just so excited right now? I'm doing something new. It's a lot bigger than that last thing. It's a lot better than that last thing. I'm going to be glorified in a much greater dimension. 
the kingdom of God is going to show up in a much greater way. Jesus is going to have his name glorified like we've never seen. So God, we connect with that. We know it by faith. Lord, we thank you that you're leading us there. You're faithful. God, we thank you that's already begun. Lord, we're going to see it happen. In Jesus' name, amen.